This broadcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. PennyMac is committed to advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, the mortgage industry, and the community, including the promotion of affordable and sustainable homeownership. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC. Equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 35953. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Yeah, everyone's in business to make money, right? That's number one. But but helping the community and assisting the community is, is the second piece of this. This is Gated Communities, where we talk about everything you're not supposed to talk about in the mortgage industry. Today, we have Justin DeMola, president at Lenders One Mortgage Cooperative, one of the largest mortgage co-ops in the country with a diverse mix of over 240 member companies. In March, the co-op announced it would be setting up a lending marketplace in select Walmart stores across the country, where customers can meet face-to-face with professionals who can answer questions and get their loan applications submitted in a timely manner. Walmart serves a wide variety of shoppers, including those with higher and lower incomes. On average, the typical Walmart shopper has a yearly income of 80 grand. So many potential customers will be those have been priced out of the current market. Lenders One Marketplace will offer a wide variety of solutions for these potential buyers and financial advice for those striving to achieve the American dream. Listen to find out exactly what this lending marketplace has to offer. Well, let's start off by just explaining what um, Lenders One Cooperative is for those who aren't familiar. Sure. Well, Lenders One uh, is a cooperative that consists of 250, 260 members uh, that are all on the origination side, primarily on the origination side of the business. Uh, they include banks, credit unions, and independent mortgage bankers. And overall aggregate volume. We control roughly 16 to 17% of the U.S. mortgage market on an annual basis. Okay. And I mean, so it's loan officers, brokers, what lend... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no. So it's, it's we deal with, with the C-level executives and maybe one level down. So again, it's banks, it's credit unions, and it's independent mortgage bankers. Uh, the cooperative does not include mortgage brokers Okay, uh, but any loan officers that are that are members of those organizations will receive some of the benefits of the property. I see. I see. Okay. Awesome. And so, start uh, by explaining how you got this idea to lease space in Walmart um, for these lenders to come in and sell mortgage solutions. Yeah, you know, it, it was actually interesting, and it was one of those things where we weren't necessarily looking. Um, for this concept and, and someone had brought it to us um a, a real estate broker had brought it to us and said you know what do you think of this and you know after after some some thought it, it made sense you know we spoke to our members we spoke to our advisory council and you know one of the one of the big needs for our members is to fill the top of their sales level so you know when we really were looking for for ways to potentially help them do this whether it was lead aggregation or or sales tools, you know what it was. This was really a great opportunity to get our members in front of a very high traffic organization. And you know there, there's you know millions of customers go through Walmart each each Walmart location uh, on an annual basis, and it's then we fill the top of the funnel with those. And it's up to you know our members who are leasing the space. To then harvest those leads, convert those leads, you know, educate those consumers on on home buying experience, um, and take the ball and run with it from that point. And can I ask, what is this? What is this space going to be called? So 
Um, one of the things that that we had to do um, you know, when we were negotiating with Walmart, and again, this was a long, you know, this was a long process. I think you know this was going on two plus years, and from from start to you know, the first grand opening. And one of the things that they really wanted was consistency throughout their, their stores throughout the country. And you know, one of one of the the advantages of lenders one and what we do and and having diversified. Uh, business strategies amongst our members, they still wanted some consistency that if, that if one of their Walmart shoppers is in New Jersey and they either have family or they're shopping in another state or, or what have you, that, that there was a name recognition across, consistent name recognition across all, all stores. So every store um, will have, you know, will be called Lenders One Powered By. And then, you know, for the first, you know, first couple of stores, we have Powered By Family First Funding and Powered By MLB Residential Lending. And those are the actual names of of the organizations that are licensed to do business in that space. So, um, you know, they file their DBAs with the state and, and they move forward that way. Awesome. And may I ask why Walmart of all stores instead of uh, Sam's Club or Target or Ikea? You know, it, again, the opportunity was right for us with Walmart. Um, you know, they were they were you know looking to lease space, and we were we were looking to to get our members in front of high traffic areas. So, you know, just the timing was right. The opportunity was there. You know, they are excited about you know, the opportunity as well, right? You know, and and you know we're looking at this as a pilot, and you know, hopefully it, it does very well, and we open you know you know hundreds more stores. Mm-hmm. And can you kind of help me understand by walking through the customer experience? A person walks into Lenders One powered by blank. And and what what happens there? They they come across, meet face to face with a loan officer. How does this work? Yeah. So, you know, it, this is different than, you know, what was out there with, with other large big box store, you know, the warehouse clubs where it was primarily online. This is all true brick and mortar, you know, boots on the ground. The staffing requirements are six days a week, 50 hours a week. So, and if a customer walks up, and I'll tell you, you know, our first grand opening was it was pretty interesting to see the 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 nature of the Walmart consumer coming in, asking questions, or you know, just in that short period of time that I was on on location, um, you know, they're going to be inquisitive. They're going to meet face to face with people. There's there's you know consumer you know education that's involved if, if it needed you know basically it's a one-on-one personal experience um little you know not necessarily online so that's really the experience and i will tell you you know the first day open you know we had a lot of traffic and you know i think they even got one application uh, on the first day which was a surprise to everyone to be quite honest so a real loan application was completed on the first day not a pre-approval but a a loan application, real, real wow. loan application, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, so the ROI for our members, we believe, is going to be very strong. Um, you know, Walmart customers are loyal. You know, they they like to do as much as they can do within the Walmart store, especially the super centers. Whether it's buying their food, getting their eyeglasses, you know, getting their nails done, whatever it is, spend as much time there and be loyal to you know to the organization. And we believe that that's a value add to our members. And what kind of customers and clients are are you looking for? Like, who do you who do you envision being anyone, the majority? Anyone that wants you know the, to have the dream of home ownership, right? And, you know, that's one of the beauties of you know putting yourself in a high traffic location like that with a with a a mix of demographics. You know, it's you know our members are are not 
particularly looking for one type of, of loan borrower transaction, you know, especially in today's market, everyone wants any transaction they can get. So you know, anytime they can help put someone in a home, that's their goal. And that's what they're going to do. Um, whether it's, you know, whether it's a hundred thousand dollar loan or it's a, you know, like a five or $600,000 loan. And uh, do, do you also get a more diverse demographic um, from opening up a space uh, in Walmart? <laughs> I mean, again, looking at the Walmart consumers, you know, I've been spending a bunch of time at Walmarts lately, probably more than I, I ever have. And yeah, I mean, there's all different you know, walks of life that go through each Walmart location. Um, and I will also think that when we look at you know, how our members currently market versus this strategy, it's totally different. Um, you know, this is putting, well, we believe this is putting our members in front of a demographic that they may not normally have been targeting in the past. Which is really works really well, you know, with the new regulatory environment and and the GSE's goal of affordable homeownership. And how are you choosing these locations? You've already opened in um, a branch in Florida and New Jersey. Um, are you choosing these locations? So it, it's a it's a collaborative effort with our members and and Walmart. You know, quite frankly, when we look at when we you know Walmart sends us a list of you know available locations. You know locations that don't have a financial institution within their store currently. Um, we look at the store traffic. You know, we look at you know, the surrounding area, and then the member the members go through it with us and say, okay, does this location make sense? Does the size make sense? Does the does the location within the store make sense for us? Right, because they're all different locations. Some are behind the cash registers. Some, you know, the first one we opened in Newton is right next to the. A customer between customer service and Dunkin' Donuts in the bathrooms, right? And the entrance. And everyone has to walk through that section of the store to start their shopping, finish their shopping, uh, use the restroom, customer service, get a cup of coffee. So, you know, that's that's a great you know presence within the within that store. So, you know, we really leave it up to you know our members to decide which locations they want. Um, and again, it's based upon the size, you know, the square footage of the store, the location, and the demo- surrounding demographics, and do they have do they have the proper staffing, you know, within driving driving distance of that location? And do you also take into account whether that market is underserved, like they suffer from a lack of uh, financial services in the area? Yes and no. Um, you know, it's it's too early to tell you know, what's going to happen there with that. I do believe that when we look at it, you know, we're going to see that our members are going to try to go on a little bit of the, the edges of where they're currently are today, right? To try to bring in some additional um, geographic presence. But, you know, when we look at it you know, overall, you know, it's a great opportunity for CRA lending for banks and you know, for our members. It's great. It's great for our members to have some more affordable housing uh, for their borrowers. So again, we'll see as, as we build the, the pilot phase, but at the end of the day, we don't know, you know, what, uh, where it's going to be. And you said also um, educating your consumers and your customers is a big part of this business model. So I'm curious, what kind of questions, because you said you've been on location. Um, wh- what do you typically would need to educate them on? Um, is it just different type of loan products that you offer? It, it runs the gamut, right? So it's, it's, you know, I had a bankruptcy, you know, when, when do I qualify? It's you know I have I have some credit card debt. What do I do with it? So it's 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 you know credit education. It's home buying education. Um, you know it's getting people mortgage ready. 
right? Or or helping them understand that you know they probably can afford a home today, and it might be cheaper than their rent, and they're not aware of that, right? You know, some people just say, you know, I got to put twenty percent down. Well, no, you don't. There's programs for for less down payment. So it's really having the loan officers have a having a really deep dive conversation with the consumer and say, okay, you know, what are you trying to do? What can we help you with? You know, what do you make? How, how's your credit? You know, do you have money for a down payment? Can you get money for a down payment? Okay, you don't have money for a down payment today, but let's figure out, can we, can we put you on a savings plan where you, know, you can put X amount of dollars away per month and then three, four, five, six months, a year from now, you come back and you have enough for a down payment. So it's things like that. It's really you know, helping, helping the borrower or the potential borrower understand what they can and cannot do based upon their current situation. Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.anymortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.anymortgageexpo.com. And did you also take into account the typical income of a Walmart customer um, before? I mean, it's it's an unaffordable market. It's a very tough market for anybody right now. But did you also take that into account? Well, again, when you look at that, right, I, I think that's, it's no, 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 no disrespect. It's a little short sighted. And the reason I say that is, you know, if you look at Walmart has, you know, call it 2 million customers go through or transactions go through a store. Right, um, and you look at the, the population and demographic there. We know that high earners go to Walmart, right, for 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 anything, right. Um, retired people on fixed income go to Walmart, right. You have families that have, you know, maybe maybe two two brothers or cousins live together, and there's four four earners in that family, right, and they want to go buy a two family together. So when you look at the average you know, Walmart consumer, and I think the stats out there are roughly $80,000 a year of, of income. Um, obviously, affordability is, is is diminishing a little bit as rates are going up and, and, and property values are going up. But when you look at you know the, the, the higher end of that average, you have a lot of people that can afford a home or are already a homeowner. When you look at the lower end, there's ways to help them get into homes. Um, and it may not, it may be just be a different area, right? Um, you know, geographic location. So, you know, in this business, there's every transaction is totally different. You know, there's loans, you know, we've seen loans with, with five and six borrowers on it, right? But so it's, it's, they all make $30,000 a year and you put five or six of them on, all of a sudden they can afford a lot. Obviously, the house has to accommodate them um, or, or you have a non occupying co borrower. Like there's, there's plenty of different ways to get people in a home. Um, that's that's the first half of it, right? And then the sustainability is the second half. You know, getting them in a home and then letting them keep the home and maintain the home are are, are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, it, I mean, Walmart, as most people probably know, a diverse array of incomes of backgrounds come into the store. So you're you know you're guaranteed to run into people who actually qualify and things of that. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's when you look at you know, everyone's in business to make money, right? That's number one, but but helping the community and assisting the community is, is the second piece of this. So when you look at you know the ROI calculations for our for our members, you know you'd be surprised. It's it's not as as great as you think in terms of number of loans they need to close to to make money in these locations, depending on their cost, their internal cost structures, and and you know their their commissions to their loan officers, et cetera, and their hourly 
you know, wages. But but when you look at at the ROI, it's it's pretty easy to make money in these locations uh, with not doing you know up to a million loans to make money, right? So that's the first piece, right? So when we talk to our members, it's about okay, what is the break even? How do you how do you get yourself in front of more clients um, today and, and address the break even in the ROI, and then. You know, how do you help the community and how do you harvest these other consumers that want to be mortgage ready? And it may not be today, but you get them in the top of your funnel today and you harvest them for a year or 18 months and they get a raise or they get married and they have, there's a second income coming in, right? You're building these relationships at this point. And I believe obviously, you know, like any, 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 I don't want to call it a startup business, but, but a startup strategy is, you know, the beginning is going to, you know, you're going to learn from, from the process and, you know, you're going to build this pipeline up. And at the end of you know two years, you're probably going to be closing loans that you that you spoke to people the first or second month you're in the organ, you know, in, in the space. So, you know, it's it's a it's a timing issue as well. But at the end of the day, it's helping the community um, and and making money. Awesome. And what exactly are are you looking for? Percentage of Walmart shoppers um, are you trying <laughs> to reach? And because I'm curious, how how much would you need um, in order to yeah. be profitable? <laughs> it, I, I can't necessarily disclose that, but what I will tell you is, um, it's it's a very small percent, right? If you if you close, you know, one percent of two million customers, right? And, and that, that that's repeat traffic too. But but even if you call it, you know, eight hundred thousand customers, and you close, you know, one percent, it's a big number. Right? It's it's a very big number. So obviously, you know that's and that's the standard marketing rule. Um, obviously, we want to see people do do better than that. But you know the the members are you know we've given them best practices, and one of the best practices is to fill the top of your funnel and give back to the community and and and, and work with the Walmart organization. Is they're going to be giving gift cards out once a week for a hundred dollars to Walmart customers. Walmart customer needs to stop into the location, register. They can register ten times a week if they want. Right, just come in and say hello. Put your name on the list. I'm here. Here you go. And you know, building the top of the funnel, and then and then it's up to the members to market to the to their Walmart customers and and harvest those leads and and get them to the closing table. Interesting. So some people who have just hearing of this might be um, familiar with what happened with Costco. Um, I think it was it was a cross country, I believe, that yep. went into Costco and. It worked off of a similar idea, but not the same thing. So can you explain? Right. Can you explain? Right. Because people think, oh, retail store, retail store. But can you explain um, the difference between your business model and what happens there? Yeah, I think I alluded to that earlier. Right. So Costco was was primarily an online opportunity for both, you know, the the. Costco customer, as well as you know, the organizations, the lending institutions that were involved, um, they may have had someone on site for an hour. At, at the end of the day, you know, handing out flyers when they're going to check out and get their receipts checked, as opposed to a true brick and mortar um, face-to-face customer experience with boots on the ground. Right? We have a physical location. You know, they range from three to six hundred and fifty square feet in the in, in the location. They come in. They can sit down. They can talk. They can spend as much time as they want. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, where where the Costco model is a little bit different was you also had multiple lenders bidding on the transaction, and you know the Costco customer would put their information online. And they'd get three or four offers, and you know 
it was good and bad, right? Because it kept competition and it kept the you know the rates competitive, but it wasn't a sustainable model for the lenders involved. And you know, I can't comment on why you know Costco terminated the program, but I have some ideas, and I, I don't we won't go there. But but I believe it was a customer experience issue, um, you know. And we're trying to keep the customer experience really strong. And I also think you know when you look at Costco customer and demographic versus the Walmart demographic, it's a little bit different, right? I think you know the the Costco customer wants the best deal, want whatever they can get. They expect to have amazing customer service, and it's hard when you're working on thin margins to give to give your customers the most amazing customer service. And it's even harder when it's all online and virtual and phone, as opposed to sitting down in an organ in an office space with a loan officer. Or a processor, or whomever else is there, to go through what is needed to get into your home. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're a, a lending cooperative, which is different than a lender coming in, do you think it's it's less competitive now because this is a cooperative with multiple lenders? No, I mean the the, the mortgage landscape, especially in today's environment, is is is, is uber competitive, right? You know, the, everyone is fighting for every single loan that's out there. Um, but you know, when you look at the difference of where we are and what we do, you know, our members, you know, because they're members of the cooperative, we believe they have a lower cost structure. They have better efficiency. Um, they get better execution on their loans, right? That's part of being uh, in the cooperative. You know, we're helping them run their businesses more profitably. So we believe that that allows them to to succeed in today's marketplace and compete with the better capitalized, you know, independent mortgage bankers and financial institutions out there. You know, we're using the aggregate volume. To give them, you know, a competitive edge. So, you know, when we look at that, we believe that, yeah, they can give much better rates, or, or they can give competitive rates. I don't say much better, but in today's market, especially, they can give competitive rates. Um, but more importantly, you know, the uh, the level of customer service is going to be there. Most of our members are um, are boots on the ground. They're referral based. They're not call center, you know, refinance shops. They've worked in the purchase world for a long time. And they're very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a, a main component to this business, as you've said, um, is face-to-face interactionable and being personable with your customer. Why, <clears throat> why do you think that's important, particularly for um, maybe underserved borrowers um, who need education? I, I think it's important for any American consumer, right? We all want to do business with people we like and trust. And how do, what's the easiest way to build, build camaraderie and trust? Sitting in front of someone, right? You're either going to like them or you're not going to like them. And if you like them, you're you're it's a much better relationship. If you're not going to like them, you're going to walk away and say, "Okay, I'm, I'm moving on." So, you know, America, and in any any segment of the U.S. economy, we generally want to do business with people we like and trust. Whether it's Amazon, right? We trust Amazon because we know if we don't like the item, we can return it, right? Or we're dealing with you know a home or a real estate agent or attorney, somebody that we like, we trust that they're going to look out for our best interests. But we also um, you know, we know that there's a common goal, right? The common goal is to get a loan closed together. How do we do it? They get, I get the house, I get, I get, I get a, a home with my family, and you know, and the loan officer and the organization, you know, make some revenue on, on that transaction. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, I mean, what is what do you envision happening um, with this project? Maybe in five years from now, how many you know, branch locations? <laughs> You know, in your dreams. I don't know if yeah, okay, we, we don't dreams. have to speak too realistically you know, it, here because it, 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 it's hard my, to ballpark. But in, in my dreams, right? I have, I have, I'm a lot older. I'm a lot older than, than than relying on dreams at this point in my career. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. You know what? In, in a perfect world, you know, 
we would have a couple hundred locations that are that are doing really well to spread out, you know, uh, you know, proportionally across the country, you know, running different business models and and having our members, you know, make money with this and, and help the American homeowner get into homes. That that's that's where we want to go. I mean, you know, when we look at this, it's this is you know, there's things that we do in our organization that that make us a lot of revenue and and and, and our and our higher profit margin. And, I wouldn't say that this is going to be, you know, a huge, a huge business for us. I mean, maybe at scale at 200 locations, it would be a nice, it'd be a nice uh, piece of revenue. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's getting our members to be, you know, more stuck with us, use more of our products and services, be loyal to us. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, one of the greatest things about what we do is we have such a we have a, such a diversified revenue stream within our organization. So you know, you take you take some revenue from this, and you take revenue from this, and you take revenue from that, and you know, that helps us as an organization tremendously. And, and, and again, builds the stickiness with our members. And you know, we'll we'll evaluate the profitability as we grow with this. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some tweaks to it. And we we you know, we're, we're pretty thin on the pilot stage and we've been pretty vocal about that. We want to come in, we want to help our members. We want to see if this works. Um, and if it works, we'll, we'll figure out what our next steps are. Awesome. And so, so far you have family first, uh, I think it's family first funding and, yes. and, um, MLB, um, as lenders, MLB residential lending, um, as your first two lenders, um, available and working at these stores. Um, So someone who's, you know, maybe not part of the cooperative, but wants, thinks this this is a great idea, works for a lender um, Mm -hmm. or is a lender and um, wants to get involved in this. Do do they join the cooperative? Do they, do they just talk to you and set up a, 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 some sort of partnership? How does that work if I want in on this? Yeah. So, so this opportunity available to lenders and one members, right? So you know, if you're a loan officer out there that, that says this is a cool idea and I work for a company that that uh, you know that has a Walmart location, you know, obviously you need to speak to a member. If you're if you're an owner of an organization that says, hey, I want this for my sales team or I want this to fill the top of my funnel, you know, reach out to to me, reach out to you know Trisha Nigliazzo, our head of sales, and you know, we'll start the membership conversation and we'll refer you to a local, you know, a local rep in your area, start the membership conversation and and see how it goes. Because again, this is just one small fraction of the, the value adds that we give our members. Mm-hmm. And you kind of already uh, reiterated this, that this as an employee working here, this gives you a lot of exposure. Um, so do you think this saves you from thinking about marketing? Is this kind of like it, it eliminates that sort of worry right now? Or how is this beneficial to people who are working in a very tough market right now? So again, right, you know, you need, you need a diversified marketing plan to succeed in any business, right? And this is, to me, when I look at this, this is, this is lead acquisition, right? And if you just look at it as lead acquisition, I think you're, you're going to succeed you know, really well with this. Because whether you're buying internet leads, you're, you're paying for Google AdWords, whatever you're doing, uh, this is, we believe this is going to be you know, more personal touch lead. Right, that the, the cost to acquire the lead is not going to be tremendous, and ultimately, it's it's a couple phases. And the first phase is filling the top of the sales funnel, you know, getting the personal information from the bar to be able to give them a, a trip campaign in the CRM, um, send them mailers, birthday cards, whatever it is, whatever each individual um, member wants to do to to harvest that lead and build the trust and get them to come come through. Because let's not forget, if I'm in Walmart today. And I might not be mortgage ready. I might not even be thinking about a house, right? But if I can 
have start building a rapport and a relationship, whether even if it's you know virtually, you know, it's you know, starting off in person and virtually and then having the name recognition back to a physical location within a Walmart, you know, you're harvesting that lead. So you know, it's not like you know you're selling a widget to someone who, who may or may not need it today, but but if you, even if you don't need it today, you buy it because it's low, it's a low, low-cost item and you put it on the shelf to, to when you need it. Um, as opposed to, hey, I'm ready to buy a house. It's it's usually you know, uh, a once or twice, three, four times in a lifetime opportunity. And depending on who it is and where it is, you just got to stay in front of the customers. And that's really the, where the marketing is, in my eyes, comes in for the members, right? This this is, you know, this is just filling the top of the sales funnel, building some some relationships. And again, you're gonna you're gonna have a customer that comes in, like like we saw, you know, earlier this week, comes in and applies right away. And then you're gonna have the customer that comes in, puts their name on the list for the next 10 weeks for a for a, a gift card. You may not see them for another 10 weeks, and then they come back. And then a year and a half down the road, they say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to to you know to lenders one powered by and I'm gonna start my, my mortgage process. You're gonna see all different all different you know sales cycles here. Mm-hmm. And can you let us know which locations are we gonna see this opening in next in the short term? <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't disclose that information. Oh, okay, okay. Nice, well, nice, I have nice to try. say, nice I, I do. I have to dig. But in the um, we in have, the, we have in a the, good pipeline. I'll, I'll tell you, we have a strong pipeline, um, and and a lot of our members want to to be able to to walk the locations as well and spend a day there, right? In their in their evaluation of whether or not the ROI is going to be strong for them. So we believe that now that we have these first three stores open, um, you know, after the holidays, because we are blacked out from. From right about now until after January, or well, first week in January, uh, from doing anything within the Walmart location because of the holiday season, uh, we believe that at springtime we'll have another handful that are going to be open. Oh, definitely, I believe that. I have to say, I, I want to confirm because in the press release it did say I'd eventually that you will open branch locations in California, Ohio, South Carolina, and Texas. Can I confirm if that's true or not? Um, those are our pilot states. And we are exploring opportunities in those in those areas. Okay, awesome. See, I did get something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought I was. I thought I was pretty benign. Um, but but if you want to, if you want to make assumptions, just be careful with your assumptions. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. All right. No awesome. Problem. Well, this seems really exciting. It's exciting for I think people just to watch and see what happens with this. It seems like an incredible opportunity and a, a very new way of of working in the industry. Um, very you know revolutionary in a sense. Would you say? I would like to think that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let, let, let's see what the metrics show us. Um, but again, we are we are very excited about it. Um, we believe it's a good opportunity for. For the Walmart customer, for our members, and and for ourselves. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for joining us today and 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 sharing this with us. It's very unique, and I think it'll definitely help a lot of people who are who are underserved and have questions. It definitely is beneficial to meet someone face to face and have an in depth conversation about you and your finances and your situation, and just getting some sort of special attention like that. It, it's it's definitely you don't get that everywhere, and you know not every company values that. Great. So when are you going to to, to put your application? <laughs> to put in my application, I'll co- I'll go to Walmart today. <laughs> okay, Unfortunately, okay. I'm not based in New Jersey. So when you come to Connecticut, oh, it's, a, it's a short drive. You can you can drive down. Yeah, yeah, a short little road trip. Why not? Good. I should awesome. I should experience it. Well, thank you, thank you so much.
No problem, Katie. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. This is Gated Communities, hosted by me, Katie Jensen, for the Mortgage News Network. All episodes are produced by T.G. Kudem Karor and Matthew Mullins. Our head of multimedia is Mike Savino, and our editor-in-chief is Christine Stewart. Make sure you've subscribed to Gated Communities so you get future episodes, and be sure to rate and review it so others can find it. The song you heard at the beginning was Wild Side by Saint Society, and the song you hear now is Will You Dance With Me by La La Nia. This podcast is copyrighted by American Business Media. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, the next generation broker portal giving you more speed and control over your entire loan process. At PennyMac, being tech forward and human focused is why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC. Equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 35953. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply.